This is Sean, and you're listening to Promise, a podcast showcasing the heroes of tomorrow. Every episode is an exploration on the idea of promise itself, whether that's the potential for success or the commitments we make to get there. I speak with exceptional, purpose-driven people on their journeys to change the world. This week, I host Jazz Yates, founder of JY Management Group, host of the Your Music, Your Business podcast, and most importantly, founder of Releaser. Releaser is a platform aiming to simplify all the admin in the music industry. We chat about the intricacies of the music industry, the hangover of legacy processes, the systemic problems both of these result in, Jazz's journey into music through to founding Releaser, the excitement it's drumming up in the industry, and the changes she hopes to make for creatives around the world. Please enjoy my discussion with Jazz Yates. Today on the show, I welcome Jazz Yates, founder of JY Management Group, also founder of Releaser, and host of the podcast, Your Music, Your Business. Today, we're going to focus the conversation on Releaser, although there might be some references to JY Management Group as well. Releaser is a digital platform hoping to simplify and automate the music release process. Jazz, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Super glad to have you on. Jazz, how would you describe yourself, given you wear many hats, and what it is you're trying to do over at Releaser? Wow. How do I describe myself? Yeah, I do have many, many hats nowadays. I'm an artist manager, a podcast host, and now have started this crazy journey with Releaser and also a bit of everything else on the side because that's the music industry as well as teaching at universities and being a nanny. So there's a whole mixed bag at the moment, but the beautiful part of that is where I'm focusing on Releaser at the moment and building that. And that is a platform that we are trying to simplify the admin process of the entire music industry. It's a very big task, but one that the music industry is very keen on, which we're loving. Wonderful. That's awesome to hear. I'd say a a large proportion of listeners have nothing to do with the music industry proper. Maybe they might be casual enjoyers of the music industry, but most, I'd say, don't actually work in it. So I'd love to actually hear you break down various parts of the music industry for us so that we can get an actual idea of the role you play in it and the role that Releaser plays in it. So if we start off with, I guess, an overall landscape of what the music industry looks like, who are the people in it, what are the different jobs that go into producing and releasing music, if you can give us a super broad rundown of that, that would be ace. Yeah, this is something that I've been currently working on with a volunteer product manager for Releaser at the moment, um, really trying to understand exactly how many people are in the music industry, what are those roles and what does that actually look like. The best way to probably sum it up to you is that the music industry is one big ecosystem that has musicians at different levels with different stages of experience or fans. And they have different sizes of artist teams within each artist that are building up their career. So from a new and emerging artist space, they maybe just have a booking agent or just a manager. And then as they go through their journey of becoming ideally global superstars, 
They can have huge teams across the globe from anywhere between 15 people to 30 or 40 people. And that can look like an artist manager, a record label, a distribution manager. So somebody who helps to ensure all the music is sent out to Spotify and Apple and iTunes and all that sort of thing and put on playlists. Somebody who does the merch, somebody who manages them on the tour. There's so many jobs in the music industry and Releaser is aiming to help everyone do their job and simplify their workflow in one platform versus the multiple platforms that we have right now that we're all trying to figure out on Dropbox or Google Drive or email or Slack message or phone call. You, you name it, it's probably being done at the moment. Got it. it sounds super, super fragmented and I'm curious why that's never been solved before, especially if you have people with the clout of, say, a Jay-Z or a Taylor Swift, for example, yeah. and especially the capital that they could provide behind such an initiative. Okay, now let, let's look at the name of the company that you've built, Releaser. What does it actually mean to release music? How's that different from just uploading a song onto SoundCloud or YouTube or something like that? Yeah, I'm really glad that you picked um, SoundCloud and YouTube as examples because one of my biggest struggles that I find when talking to people about Releaser who aren't music industry based, they go, why can't I just upload my music like directly to Spotify? And I said, that's how it works in the music industry. When we finish building all of the music release assets or what we call music metadata, there's lots of different processes to send that music out so that you as fans or consumers can consume that music and it's all transparent and all the same. So it's not as simple as just uploading to Spotify because we have to send that to a distributor. We then also have to send that to royalty collectors and we have to send it to Triple J on Earth to update our profile. And then there's also a little beautiful plot twist where if you want to update your profile picture or your bio on your Spotify, you have to do that through the Spotify for Artists app and not through your distribution. So there's lots of different processes in that release process and lots of different uh, spaces of music metadata. And what release is trying to do is trying to simplify that process in particular because on top of all of those processes, there's these timelines of six weeks out, you have to send it to distribution. Four weeks out, it's to royalty collection. One week out, it's somewhere like Triple J on Earth or community radio. And you can't do them any earlier because then they come out too soon. So there's a huge decentralization and wasted time for the artist team and, and the artist. And then you're not even looking at the other side of the rest of the artist team and what their role is to do. So Releaser also sends all that music metadata to everyone in the artist team so that they can actually execute their jobs correctly with all the correct metadata. Because as I'm sure you can assume, if you're one artist manager and you have 30 people to send information to, you may be going to miss a few. Absolutely. It sounds like a really complicated process. If we look at the music industry as a whole, I think one of the common assumptions, and certainly one that I have, is that major labels like a Universal, for example, and platforms like Spotify hold a lot of sway over how this stuff is done. Is that true? Yeah. From a label, it's true from a discography perspective. So they own a lot of the music. And the way that I usually describe the music industry to my university students, because I teach arts management, 
is to think of the music industry like this beautiful tunnel. Back in pre-Spotify days, we had this very streamlined tunnel. You could only become famous if you went through the major labels. And it was a very small tunnel. You had to be very particular about popularity or know the right people or whatever it is to get through that space. And now because of the invention of streaming and downloading and that sort of thing, it's now opened that tunnel up a lot bigger, which has made way for a lot of musicians, which has been fantastic. But there's still so much of the last hundred years of music sitting on these labels, which has left them with quite a lot of power and weight. But I think what a lot of people externally don't see is that a lot of these labels are struggling because they can't utilize all of that discography constantly and they can't make money off it constantly. It takes a lot of money. So they have to have new music coming out, but it's very competitive. So label teams that maybe would have been in Melbourne, 30 to 50 people wide, maybe 20, 30 years ago, are now 10 or five. So they are feeling it. And then in regards to the likes of Spotify or iTunes having a lot of sway in the music industry, that is 100% true. You as fans all consume music on there, whether we like it or not. And they've set the price as to how much they're suggesting you should pay. And you guys are like, cool, that's how much we want to pay. We don't blame you. That's how much we want to pay too. But that has dramatically affected the financial flow of the music industry. And where there was a lot of money to be made in the music industry, there just isn't now because every song that you stream on Spotify, like one play that you do, we only get 0.002 cents per stream. So it's very, very hard to make money. And they're even starting to make it even worse with some new updates that they've just done recently. We're trying to find a way to make money consistently always across the music industry. Got it. And it's interesting that you mentioned how the tunnel has broadened incredibly with these new platforms, but it sounds like the processes to release music haven't really changed at all. It sounds like something that's, for lack of a better word, it's kind of stuck in the Stone Ages. So why do you think that's been the case? Why do you think the processes to actually get your music released haven't changed very much? Yeah, this is something that I've really started to get really passionate about because of Releaser, because I see this day in, day out. Like, Every single music company that I work with or have connected with use Excel spreadsheet at some point to send music metadata, which is insane. But the reason I see is it's sort of like twofold. The first one is that we as an industry came off paper and as we were coming off paper and went online into forms and into Dropboxes and things like that, we had the disruption of social media and streaming platforms really shake our industry and we were left with trying to figure out how to make money off that and just were too busy trying to do that to worry about all the admin issues down at the other end. So a a lot of what you see is people just basically doing what was on their paper version online and they haven't thought much further because they're still in that space of trying to find where the money is. We're still really struggling and when you look at artist teams now, there's people doing the job of three people when they could be doing the job of one, purely because there's that admin process and a lack of resources. There's money, but not enough. And then the second issue with that is that it is a very creative industry. It naturally 
invites people that have creative mindsets and don't necessarily have a technological mindset to go, okay, this platform's not working. Let's build something that does. And so you're looking at some of these major labels are trying to use solutions that they've implemented into their platform, but it's not tailored to the music industry and to the music metadata and the processes that need to happen in the workflow. And so they're just not clicking. And some of these major labels I've been talking with, they've maybe gone through four of these different platforms in the last like like five to eight years. It's actually wild how quickly they're trying to change technology to find their solution, but they still can't find it. And this is like terabytes or a ridiculous amount of data that they're transferring over every single time, but they're just not happy yet. And it, I truly believe, and that's why I'm building Releaser, is because there's nothing that's actually been built for the music industry. It's built for everybody else. Got it. Mm. Seems broadly, as you share more and more with us about the music industry, that a lot of these problems are just overlooked. They might be what Paul Graham once dubbed schlep problems. So there's definitely a lot of stuff in this space which people are not paying attention to. Is there anything you think people are paying undue attention to in the music industry? Yeah, my opinion on this is somewhat controversial. And I think that they're paying too much attention to social media. It is a hugely beneficial marketing platform for us now, but we're also seeing with the likes of Twitter now turning to X, that some of the investment that musicians or artist teams are investing in these platforms, if we think about how much people are maybe spending on meta ads, it's a lot of money for a platform where we actually don't own the information of the fans. So as we've seen with Twitter, all those fans and the value of those fans just went away basically overnight. And some people were really pissed off because of that, because it was like, years of their life building this fan base and following and everyone just jumped off straight away. So I think for me, that's the one thing that I feel like people are focusing on too much. And you can see fans naturally wanting to leave that as well and find a place where they can be more socially connected to their artist and know that they're helping them make an impact. So there are a few technologies that are are pushing towards that direction. A lot of actually the music tech at the moment is focusing towards fan solutions that help artists monetize better. All right. It's a very fascinating landscape because if anybody knows me, they'll know that I don't actually appreciate live music very much. I very much enjoy listening to music entirely on my own, preferably with my headphones on or in some isolated way. So while I am a big fan of certain kinds of music, perhaps some of the spaces that you play in are really not the space that I would as well as a fan. So what I'm curious about then is how you actually got into the music industry to begin with. It's not something I personally can comprehend as someone who doesn't like live music. So yeah, how did you get into the music industry and specifically into artist management? Yeah, when I was in high school, was definitely a music kid. I did music excellence in high school and was also the typical drama kid as well. So as you can imagine, I was loud and loud often. I really loved music then. And I also got a taste for doing stage production or managing a drama performance. And that's led to me really discovering that I wanted to connect in with music. And I went through a phase of actually wanting to be a music producer, which actually would have been really cool if I did that. But I really love 
finding the puzzle pieces and, as I say, finding a way to smush them together, which is the music industry in a nutshell. So when I left high school, I was like, I want to go and do a Bachelor of Entertainment Management, which ironically is one of the subjects that I now teach for a degree in the same university. So it feels very full circle. But yeah, as I was there, I really got a taste for different aspects of the music industry and what I really didn't want to do and what I did love to do. And I became a manager purely because we did this frat party show of all things. And we got a few pop punk bands down and I really liked one of them. And I was in the bathroom talking to one of the lead singers of the the band. And I said, oh, if you ever need any help, let me know. And they're like, we actually do. Do you want to come chat with us and maybe be our manager? And I was like, okay. And now I've had a management business ever since for eight years. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> awesome. What a story. Yes. It's serendipitous. <laughs> things that happen yeah, definitely and and so alongside your management business you've got releaser obviously your management business and a bunch of other things that you do in and around the music industry obviously these roles take up a lot of time each of them separately and all together how do you think they're actually complementary to one another well the ones that aren't music industry related i feel like they're complementary because they're teaching me how to context switch incredibly quickly i think the ones that are music industry related It's been incredibly helpful. So my knowledge from being an artist manager has really helped me to build strong connections for Releaser in the music industry and have conversations with people who I perceive them as higher up in the music industry, but more so they're just, they're working at major labels and they're getting a full-time salary and they've been doing it for the last decade. And my experience as an artist manager and as a podcast host and somebody who's just naturally incredibly curious has leaned really well into me being able to have those conversations with people and them feel like I can keep up with their mindsets, which has been amazing and honestly been a game changer for some of the agreements and conversations that I'm currently having with people in regards to having releaser connected to their businesses. And then the podcast is this beautiful thing that sort of like links to everything where I can learn things from people that I interview for my artist management or for release. But then also it's a really great network barrier breakdown. And something that I always tell people that they should go do is start a podcast because you're coming to somebody and you're like, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast because of X, Y, Z. Nobody's ego is saying no. Pretty much nobody. And it's been really great for me to meet people that I never would have met because they're just too busy, but they're really keen to share their story and in a lot of ways have their ego strokes and they really love it. And there's been a a lot of really great moments where that's linked to opportunities for my artists because they now know me and they know my artists or opportunities for Elisa. There's a lot of opportunities for Elisa um, because I can't help but accidentally lead questions down into music metadata nowadays (laughs) and we'll get into releaser in just a second now what i'd love to know actually is in and amongst all of these different things that you do clearly very limited time Mm -hmm. to do all of them what's the fuel to the fire that enables you to do all of this and i guess in the long run focus on releaser yeah so I think it's just must be my personality by now. I think it's probably safe to say that that is me. I love a good challenge and I love being very mentally stimulated. 
But I think what motivates me is knowing that I'm going to make an impact in the music industry, a positive one. I'm very, very specific about that. I want to make sure that I have a positive impact and that I'm building up the people around me and educating them about different perspectives. And that was part of where the podcast came from. I was realizing that people had their music careers or were working in the music industry, but weren't treating it like a business. Hence why it's called Your Music, Your Business. And I was having conversations with people that I was just like, other people need to be in the room for this. They need to be the fly in the wall. And that's where it's come from. And I've had a lot of people reach out and be like, I never knew that. I never knew that that was how Spotify was working or that we needed to be watching out for this or that there was a visa issue here because they just, unless you know the person, you're not ever hearing about it. It's all a lot of Chinese whispers in the the music industry. Got it. Okay. Now let's talk about releaser product. And first of all, you've painted a picture of uh, a really admin heavy process getting music out to release. How does Releaser solve this? How does it work? And who in the music industry is it really for? Yeah. The way I usually frame how Releaser works is in two sections. The first one is that we are using automation to send the music metadata that's provided to us to the platforms that they need to release their music with. So those distribution companies, like we talked about, Royalty Collection, Triple Journal, Community Radio, all of those platforms so that the musician and the artist team only have to submit that information once and we can do everything down the timeline for them in automation. And then the second part of that is to automate the workflows of the the entire music industry. So everyone within the artist team and their day-to-day job. So my goal would be two-parted. First one would be to get everyone off an Excel spreadsheet. It's my personal goal. I don't, I don't know if Relisa will be able to do that within the next 10 years, but we'll see. But the, the main goal is to have everyone work on platform and never have to leave to do their job in the music industry. Got it. Okay. Never have to leave. Gosh, that sounds slightly threatening. <laughs> you shall not leave. <laughs> okay. Now, if somebody was to hop on your website, which is uh, releaser.online, I'll stick the link in the show notes, they might see that you've got different links for, I guess, different kinds of music releases. So you've got singles, albums, EPs, etc. Is there a difference in the process to actually getting some of these things released? Yeah. So there's usually different approaches to releasing different types of music releases. So A single is just one single date, but then maybe they'll have a music video and they'll either release that music video when the single comes out or two weeks after. But then on top of that, we see, particularly in regards to albums, there's a lot more music metadata that needs to be provided because there's so many more songs than, say, a single or an EP. So that's that's one feature or one reason. And then the other reason is just in regards to the automation processing that's how it's structured across the industry of setting out these particular release types. And so we found that that's the best way to funnel it through those platforms. Okay. And is copyright information part of this metadata as well? Is that your responsibility or someone else's? Yes. So copywriting is technically the responsibility of the user. And basically when they sign on to release it, they're agreeing to the fact that that is their own work. And that should it not be, we're not liable. As my lawyer would like to make sure I tell everybody. 
Got it. Okay. Some bold claims that you make, and you can reinforce this if you'd like, Mm -hmm. is that release or streamlining work for 95% of the music industry. You've talked about how this saves time for the artist team. Who doesn't it work for? Who's the 5% that are excluded from this? Yeah. So the 5% I'm really seeing is more from the live show perspective. So some of those roadies or tech people that are working day in, day out on shows, we don't really see currently for the next five, maybe 10 years being worthwhile for releaser to move in that direction of helping to support their workflows because there are platforms out there that are already very tailored to doing that and it's like the admin process on steroids and it's definitely very very niche and you have to have a very particular experience set to know exactly what those people need and want so I think like we will eventually be able to cater to the entire industry but right now we're saying 95 because we're going to leave them to the beautiful platforms that they already have. Which makes sense. If they already have specialized platforms, yeah. is there a reason for you to play there? Perhaps not. Okay, now uh, I'm aware that not too long ago you released the releaser beta to members of the public. Can you talk us through what that process was like, who signed up, what it does? Yeah, if you could share any more detail on that. Yeah, definitely. So Release a beta is my baby. I actually built it myself using no code, and that was incredibly traumatic, but I'm very proud. It's a platform that allows musicians and their artist team to upload their music metadata for a release, and then we create one centralized landing page where that information can be shared with their artist team. So we're really looking just towards that like simplification type of things and less about the automation for now. We had some amazing feedback from people. We had a pretty extensive wait list to jump on the platform and then was at capacity within three hours of it launching, which was very exciting. And we've seen a lot of musicians and artist teams use the platform and give us some amazing initial feedback from that. And also being able to use it already for like shows and for sharing information to their PR agents and booking agents and managers and things like that. So it's already been a really fantastic tool and really great to see how it's already simplified processes. And I've had a few venues already pounding at my door being like, can we have this? Because it just simplifies so much for them. And they're very keen as well as like, quite a few people across the music industry, not just the artists. So it's been exciting. Yeah, fantastic. What a great reception. I'm going to make a guess here, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, that the initial people on your wait list are probably people in your network in the music industry. Is that true or false? Um, Surprisingly, there was about 30% that were, and then the rest were random people that I was able to connect with just purely through social media campaign. So there you go. I'm completely biased. I'm like, we shouldn't focus on social media. It works. Well, okay. I guess I guess that partially answers my next question, which was about how you'd actually try and reach people beyond your network. And I'm guessing social media is the answer in that case. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think when you're just looking to focus on artists, it's social media, it's community pages that they're a part of. So we're really looking towards Discord and towards Reddit right now. 
and trying to build our awareness on those platforms because it's so hard to break through the noise on social media. But from an artist team perspective, that is very much more of a, it feels like a slow process for me, but it's like, it's, it's more of the one-to-one connecting, going to conferences and meetups and things like that to introduce to people what Releaser is. And we really see that there's going to be a very big model in Releaser in regards to marketing to of word of mouth. And also it's going to sound a little apprehensive, but forced through design because if you're being sent something through Releaser for an artist and it's already there, it makes sense to just start a platform on Releaser and kick off the rest of your workflow through there. So it's got this this beautiful automatic engagement, which is very exciting to to be trying to build into Releaser as we build out the next phase. Wonderful. And the flywheel starts spinning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now that the beta is live and people are using it and you're getting a pretty fantastic response, if we're looking from the perspective of the power brokers in the industry, the labels and the platforms that we covered earlier, how do you think they're going to feel about people using this now that it is a thing? I've been very conscious of this the entire time I've built it. And it's been one of the things that is forefront in my mind. And part of the reason why I've been consulting with the major labels as I go across the process from some of the bigger heads and then also the people that work day to day on artists. And that's from majors to independent labels as well. And I think while you could assume that they'd be very worried about it, they're actually incredibly excited about it because the platform, it is built to cater to new and emerging artists, but also to the major labels and it's spanning across the industry. So not only will the labels see the benefit for themselves personally of being able to work with the platform day in, day out and have their workflows simplified and those poor people who are doing the, the job of three people in one will really start to actually be able to do their job correctly and those labels actually monetize their investment in their employment correctly for the first time (laughs) instead of them having to do all of this admin processes that are just taking up way too much time. And then there's further to that, you see the ripple effect of the platform like Releaser being in the ecosystem for five, seven years, you will actually see, particularly the labels will see, this beautiful ripple effect in the ecosystem of musicians that have come from their very first single and used Releaser from the start and all of their music metadata is stored there, it's stored clearly. And then when they have built up their career to then have a label interest, that label can then see that music metadata, see all the analytics that we're going to be feeding into it, do reporting. And when they sign on to a new artist, it's not all these weird mumbo-jumbo mixtures of drop boxes and strategies and all that sort of thing it will just be one slide of a button that says this person now has access and they get everything so they can actually leverage every single like music metadata and all of the discography of an artist with one click of a button super exciting it's a dream even though i know nothing about the music industry i feel like i've learned a lot yeah. in this discussion so considering that's the future of Releaser that you're hoping to build. I guess it would be good to pivot the conversation towards the next steps that you've got to take to get there. Yeah. So what is on the radar at the moment? 
Yeah. At the moment, we're trying to build a platform that is starting to work towards that automation and also that editable features within the platform. So we're trying to basically find a way to really kick off that true workflow within the industry with all of the artist team. And then we're looking towards other integrations of features as well. Really looking towards AI, but more so from a space of how can we see that music metadata and simplify some of the jobs. So creating social media captions based off the tone of the social media account and the music metadata assets, or simply just creating a Spotify playlist pitch or a press release based off the music metadata that's being generated, which is very exciting in that space because it will, again, simplify the workflows and take a lot of the jobs away from people that they just really don't want to do. Seems like a definite painkiller as opposed to a vitamin. With your connections through the music industry and having worked with many, many artists, as you build out Releaser, are there any dream organizations that you'd want to partner with? I have a few in mind. I think it'd be a huge win for us if we could get some of the major labels on board. And yeah, some of our conversations are very much geared towards getting them already on board. So that's been very exciting. I think from companies that I can disclose, I actually want to work with though, companies like Spotify and like Meta and being able to have API plugins that allow us to send that data to them so that an artist team don't have to. And it's just one click of a button. And also we can receive that data back and finally use strong reporting for it. Other than that, I think I have a personal preference of, I'm I'm Canva's number one fan. I love Canva. I think it's great. And I personally would love to see an integration with Canva in regards to helping musicians and their artist team to generate social media content and even like artwork or develop press photos or whatever it's going to be, utilizing the tools that Canva's already working towards and having that sort of embedded within the platform so that the musician or the artist team don't have to leave our platform to do it. So that would be my dream. We'll just have to see if we get there with that one in particular. It's not necessarily my main focus right now. (laughs) Well, a shout out to Canva nonetheless. Um, Earlier, you said that you built out your beta on your own using no code tools and and you made it sound like quite a mountain to climb to get where you ended up getting. So I'm guessing in order to build out a fully fledged version of Releaser, you're probably not going to do it on your own. So are there any additional skills that you think you would need to fully flesh this out? Yeah, well, at the moment, we're building the team out a little bit. So I've just been able to find a technical co-founder, which is very exciting. And so we're working towards our next steps of finalizing that and getting them, helping me build that next step of the platform. We also have an advisor who's coming on to help with that space too. So really helping with my personal deficit in the situation of I don't know tech, I have tried to learn code and I was like, I think that is a no from me. So I think that in particular is where I want to build the team coming up. We have an internship program at Release already and they've been helping us in the other side of things, build out some really great opportunities for Release and that's been really exciting. But personally, where I feel I'm going to be learning and growing is trying to find the best way to 
build the story and the brand for release, which is super exciting because that's my personal, like I personally love doing that sort of thing, as well as the community for release us. That will be really great. And then I can see in the next five to 10 years that I will also need probably CEO training because I'm very used to the music industry and managing bands, but it will look very different when Relisa has this beautiful community of employees that are helping us build it into this global platform that's making an impact within the music industry. Yeah, wonderful. Let's expand on that last sentence that you just shared a little bit. The question that I pose every guest that comes on, if everything goes right for you, what does the world look like? I love thinking about this. So for me, if everything goes right in 10 years, Relisa is a global company that I want to say 85%, if not more, of people within the music industry are using Relisa. And not only have we automated and simplified the workflow for the entire music industry, we've made sure that we've kept up to date with all of the moving trends. So we are hyper aware that this is a very fast-paced industry. People say startup world is fast. Music industry is faster, trust me. <laughs> and I really want to make sure that we stay up to date with what's going on and, and are able to adapt very easily for, with that or as easily as possible. But then also there is a side of Relisa that I really want to make sure we're also focusing on when we have that global success. And that is really helping to change that foundational issue that's really, really true to the, the music industry's core, and that is that there's not enough money in, in the industry. So when we do have the, the opportunity to, I want to be able to create programs and grants and scholarships and things like that, that will push people further in their careers from new and emerging, but also in that middle space and also career development in some of those major labels and things. So and Siri really wants to have an opinion about that too. She's like, I didn't get that. Sorry, you didn't actually mention me yet. Yeah, I, I think it'll be really great to see that ripple effect of being able to build a platform that is positively helping the workflows of the music industry, but then also pushing that profit and the benefits that we've been able to build back into the ecosystem and finding the best way to help everyone. What a beautiful vision. Mm. Earlier, you mentioned that uh, probably going to have to pick up CEO training at some stage. Yep. I'm curious, aside from that, what do you think you personally need to do to get the entire music industry, the behemoth that it is, on board with the vision that you have of it and to actually make that a reality? Yeah, I think I need to, to help people see the problems that they're making to themselves long term in regards to not taking their music metadata seriously. I have somebody backing me at the moment that is really keen to make me the face of music metadata in the music industry or make me the face of the music industry. And I'm like, uh, my ego loves the sound of that. But also from the other aspect of a bit or like already owning a podcast and, and having a platform where I ask people for their opinion, but then also my opinion shared as well. I want to be able to educate people and do more panels for people in the music industry, particularly in that higher up space of people that have been in the industry for 10 plus years so that they can actually get an, a full scale understanding of not only what it's like up in their world and what's changing and what they need to start to adapting to, but then also the, the ripple effects of the decisions that they make have on the people below them and what that looks like. And I think 
a really good example would be the changes that Spotify have just made. I don't think they understand the ripple effect that will take on the industry. And it will be very fascinating to see where this industry is sitting in a few years, because a lot of people in that middle space in the industry that see the upper and the lower part of the industry in the ecosystem are sort of screaming out, being like, guys, we need to fix something because it's going to tip soon. So yes, that's what I love to do. Yeah. And perhaps you might be part of the solution to all of that. I'm hoping so. Well, I think a, a message of hope is a great way to finish up the conversation. Jazz, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, the last thing I'll get you to do is any social media contact info anywhere that you'd like to send people to, feel free to share. Yeah. Um, well, by all means, hit up Release Up, which is spelt the normal way, just take off an E at the end, because of course it's a startup, so we can't have it spelled correctly, yeah. and then it has, has an underscore. Or if you just want to make sure that you're following absolutely everything that's happening, just follow me directly at jazz underscore underscore gates, because I share about everything, because my life is all of those beautiful platforms combined. Jazz, thank you once again. Thank you. It was great to be on the podcast. That's it for today's episode of Promise. Be sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes on your favorite podcast platform. Do you think you or someone you know would have ideas worth sharing? Send me an email to sean at promise.fm. Otherwise, subscribe and stay tuned to learn from tomorrow's heroes and what we've got is Promise.